3: What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward, right back with you guys. I know we released our live recap yesterday, but we have to come right back at you with another podcast because it is a major championship week. The PGA Championship at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. Woody. You're back on the podcast. That's what we have to start off with. You're feeling better. Just take us through last week uh, and give us some thoughts on the tournament. Did you watch the tournament when you were at home sick? But I I hope you're feeling better. It sounds like you are.
0: Yeah, I am feeling better, Sam. I'm not 100%. Uh, That Wednesday morning when I woke up, I felt so bad. And there was no way I was going to drag this cold or whatever it was up to you guys. So... I'm sorry I let everybody down by not being there, but I enjoyed watching it on television. It was really, really cool, to be honest with you. I, You know what? I hate to say it, Sam, but I'm I'm starting to get into this team thing. That's what I was more excited about because once I knew Gooch couldn't win the golf tournament, I knew I'd pick the four aces, so I was trying to pull for them to beat the Stingers. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of cool to see that. You know what I mean? It, it's... It's really a different golf concept. I saw it Tuesday when I was there, and you know what? I saw it, and I felt it even on the television this weekend because I had seen it in person. It was kind of really fun to know what was going on. So to say that was an exciting weekend for me, I I got to admit to you, Sam, I was a little bit back and forth. I went and watched Byron Nelson a little bit simply because I knew Austin was in the hunt, and I wanted to see if Ekro could get his first win. But I really enjoyed the live because of the team aspect, uh, which I never thought I'd tell you that. So really, really great weekend for me, other than the fact I was sicker than the dog.
3: Yeah, I think we heard a lot of that this week, (laughs) T-Dub, that a lot of people really enjoyed the team aspect of live. Obviously, Stinger GC, the South African team, ends up getting the win. Uh, T-Dub, you got any other questions for Woody on how the week went, maybe the crowd, maybe the experience, any of it?
2: I mean, just as you alluded to, it seemed like everything, as we talked about many times in our in our recap show that we did yesterday, that uh, I mean, it just seemed like the overwhelming positive success was actually there. And, and Woody, for myself, it was pretty cool, those last run right after the rain delay, because there were still people out there, but a very vast majority of the crowd had left. Did, did the crowds look like there were still people there on, on TV when they would show the play, or did it did it look like it was pretty empty? No, it was still pretty good
0: because, you know, everybody was following that group that was really gonna be the winners. So it, it didn't show bad on TV guys. Even the even the golf course itself caught a little bit of heat because of the winter kill, it still looked really pretty doggone good on television. So this week it was so easy to get to it time wise. Uh is a big factor when you're not in Singapore and Australia. So I think Tulsa was a hit. I think Oklahoma was a hit. The crowds were what I've read, guys, the crowds were bigger than what they were expecting and they're really excited about what they found in Oklahoma. So I hope that the lib comes back to Oklahoma somewhere so we can watch it again in person. I think it'd be I think it'd be a real letdown if we didn't get to do that again.
3: No doubt about that. And Woody, we got about three minutes here until we gotta get back to our PGA Championship preview today. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on, obviously. We were right back at you today with another show, Um, but Woody, I think my last question for you is, live Tulsa, live Cedar Ridge, everyone involved with The tournament has to be pleased with the play they got on Sunday, not only with Cam Smith making a run. Brandon Grace really impressed me sticking up on top of that leaderboard and making some clutch putts, and then obviously Dustin Johnson closing out the golf tournament, even though he did make the big mistake at 10. It's always good when the first time you host an event to have a winner that's a a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, to say the least. I was shocked, though, guys, they still shot as low as they did. That was what really surprised me the most. Now, I know the conditions were absolutely perfect. We all know in Oklahoma, if you don't get wind and you get soft greens, it doesn't matter whether it's Southern Hills or Oak Tree or Cedar Ridge. All the hard golf courses are still uh, very gettable by the world-class players these guys were. If you went to Tulsa this week, guys, and you watched this, And you walked away going, well, those guys just aren't that good. Once again, boy, you've got your head so far in the sand. And you have been brainwashed so badly against this tour that if you can't realize that's world-class golf, then – I really kind of feel sorry for you. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. But shut the hell up (laughs) that you're going to call it an exhibition or you're going to call these guys not great players. Because what I saw on Tuesday, what little I got to see, and what I saw on television, these guys can still golf their ball, and they're really, really, really good players. I hate that we still have two tours, but it's great for the sporting fans and the golf fans because you guys stayed there the whole week, which still pisses me off I didn't get to. But I know the ropes did move back for Saturday and Sunday and Friday. I think the people should have had one of the best experiences they've ever had.
3: There's no doubt about that. We got a DM from the pit boss at the Hard Rock Casino and said that the Hard Rock Casino was filled with people from Texas that wanted to come up and see live, which I think is interesting. I just think that the fans as a whole enjoyed it. I didn't hear one negative word about it. Woody, just uh, maybe some final thoughts on what your experience was like. You know, I know you weren't there with the fans, but how cool it was to be out there on a practice round day with just media and players. I thought that, that was really cool.
0: I thought what I took from it, Sam, is that was the first time I've ever been in a professional golf tournament or around a professional golf tournament where it was really fun, where people were really enjoying it, um, not only the fans but the players. I know that I'm sure you guys got it. I got something from Liv uh, asking me to do a survey of how it was for the media. That's the first golf tournament I've ever been to as a media person, so I had nothing to base it on other than the fact that I thought it was great. There was nothing that I felt like they did or said to us or any way, shape, or form that I didn't feel 100% welcome. So I gave them great scores all the way across the board. You guys have been to more of them than I have in the media, so you could probably tell me more about it than than I could. But everything I saw, felt, and was a part of on that Tuesday, Sam, I'm more lived now than I've ever been. That's all I'm going to say about that.
3: Well, that's great stuff there, Woody. We got to dive into our PGA Championship preview, but we definitely wanted to give you the opportunity to speak on last week, and we're glad you're feeling better, Woody. Uh, Glad that, you know, you got over whatever the the congestion. It seemed like some people are dealing with that these last few weeks, that, you know, the congestion, the head stuff. I'm glad you're feeling better, Woody.
0: I am. I, I don't know who to blame I was around two people that must have had this. One was Coach Greg Lynn. <laughs> so, I'm gonna blame him because he no one shocked me one bit. Yeah, he he gives me nothing but a ration of crap every time I see him about everything. So I'm gonna say officially on the podcast that Greg Lynn Coach Greg Lynn <laughs> gave me this crap and ruined my week at So he is now on my shit list for at least a day.
3: There we go. Oh, man. It's time to hit a break here on the seventy-third hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. If you are not getting all of your local golf news from Kim McLeod and Chris Swafford, doing a great job up in Tulsa, not only covering college golf in the state of Oklahoma, but obviously Live Tulsa just happened. Austin Eckroth, they did a great story on from the Byron Nelson you are missing out. So definitely go to GolfOklahoma.org and also go to TheSportsAnimal.com where we are right there on the podcast page. And you can also find us anywhere you get your podcast. And please hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free and it just helps us out. And we'll give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode. Our social medias are at the seventy third hole on Twitter and at 73rdHole on Instagram. And I'm at Sam Humphreys. 34 if you guys want to follow a lot of golf content that we are putting out especially over live tulsa and it will continue into this week with it being a major championship week but let's go ahead and hit a break here on the 73rd old podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma
2: hey everyone t-dub here want to take a second to tell you about my good friends
3: And we are back on the other side of the break on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And like we are doing every major championship week, we are reuniting the 73rd Hole Podcast. That means we are bringing in the Golf Channel's Colby Powell back to the podcast here to give his major championship picks this week. The PGA Championship up at Oak Hill Colby, we've had a crazy golf season to start 2023. Maybe give a couple thoughts on how you think the season has gone so far. The Masters was entertaining last time we had you on, and and now we're headed to the PGA. There's some deep rough out there. What are your just general thoughts about this week?
1: Yeah, it's good to be on with you guys. I always love hopping on here, talking a little golf. It's been really a pretty chaotic season. Uh, I mean, I think first week of the year, we kind of knew we were in for it when Morikawa had a six-shot lead, and then his game fell apart, and he seemingly hasn't found it, and John Rahm's going back to win, and John Rahm hasn't stopped winning. So, uh, we've got Scotty Scheffler, who, you know, he, he's hitting it as good as anybody in the world, can't make a four-footer to save his life. Uh, we got guys on live, big names, starting to play well. Played well at Augusta coming into the PGA, so uh yeah, it's been pure cat. Rory's in a, a the slump of all slumps. It's just the storylines are endless. Beef has a wrist injury. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. There's, uh, there's a lot going on as we head to Oak Hill.
2: Oh, well, along those same lines, you mentioned how really chaotic the world has been this year. We, we we can pretty much all unanimously agree that Rahm and Scottie Sheff are one and two best players in the world. You may be able to flip-flop them depending on what day it is. In your opinion, who's the third best player in the world?
1: That's a great question. One and two are obvious. Uh, two months ago, I would have told you Rory was the third best player in the world, but I certainly wouldn't say that today. Um, oh man, third best player in the world, guys who are playing really well, Xander, Final,
2: oh my gosh. I, I analytically, think analytically, Colby, it is, it is Xander Shopway, but he can't even finish the tournament. We saw him at Quahola. Yeah, no, he, he's been struggling to win.
1: Um, JT hasn't been putting, um, I would say it's probably, I would still probably put Xander in there because he's been so consistent. So I think I would throw him in at three. You can make a case for Fi now. The field in Mexico was weak, but the cream rose at the top, and it was him and Rom on Sunday. Uh, He went in with a couple shot lead and was able to hold him off. Uh, Those are probably the guys at the very top right now, but I really think it's just Rom and Scotty. And then that next tier, I think you can probably put 10 guys in that next tier. A couple of them might be live guys, and the rest, tour guys. And, then below that it was just a lot of guys kind of in the middle but yeah I, I think it's just one two and then let's see who pops from that next group
3: Colby I got a question for you real quick because I'm sure you watched a whole lot more of the Byron Nelson last week than we did we were up at Live Tulsa obviously didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of it but Scotty Scheffler continues to stripe the ball tee to green but unfortunately continues to put below average on the PGA Tour it just Boggles my mind that this guy continues to finish in the top ten of golf tournaments, but is putting honestly terrible. I mean, what have you seen from his putting uh, throughout the year? Scotty Scheffler could have been blitzing fields all year, but really the putter is holding him back. Does that scare you off from picking him this week?
1: It does not scare me off because the ball striking has been so elite. I mean, you watch him, the driver is just stripes show. Uh, irons around the green is still great. I mean, he's still good for a, a chip-in eagle on a par five or a short par four every week. He had one in the first round last week at the Nelson. But, I mean, guys, I've, I've had food poisoning and been less sick to my stomach than I am watching Scotty Scheffler over a five-footer right now. It's, it, I, I don't know what's happening. A lot of the misses seem to be on the left side. I don't know if it's an alignment issue, if he's got his shoulders open. I, I don't know what the case is. But I'm hoping that he can get that fixed coming in to Oak Hill because he is hitting the ball so well and he's still one of my favorites, even at the players. I mean, he blitzed the field at the players, guys, and he putted his average, but he hit the ball so exceptionally well that it didn't matter. Uh, I think even an average putting week from Scotty Scheffler can lead him to, to the Wanamaker Trophy. I just don't know if he can putt average. If he's got a bunch of five-footers for bar, he's either not reading them right now, uh, or he's got some case of fools with the stroke, and, and they're pretty scary, but he's hitting it so good, that I think I'm still going to ride with him in a lot of lineups this week.
3: Bear in
0: mind, if you look at what has happened at Oak Hill over the years that they've had majors there, Jason Duffner, Sean McKeel, uh, Jay Haas won it in 2008 when I played it, it was in the senior division of it. Oak Hill doesn't always produce that superstar winner, okay? One of the reasons why, you guys, we might not want to go. It's so easy to go Sheffler, Rum, DJ. There's a lot of good players But one of the reasons you might kind of shy away from that is Oak Hill in itself, guys, is a golf course that is very difficult to remain patient on. And the other thing, you better drive the ball in the fairway. The thing that those guys I was mentioning who has won there, even Curtis Strange won an open there, I believe, if you look at where that golf course sets up, it sets up off the tee. If you don't drive it in the fairway, and I can honestly tell you And when I played it, they could have bailed that rough and fed a cow for life, okay? (laughs) There was so much grass. This stuff is nasty. It's, It's bluegrass, and it's so thick and so gnarly. And if it's cold and it's wet, which it can be at Oak Hill, I'm just saying, Colby, when we look at this, all of us look at this together, I think we need to be careful not to just go with those guys that we think are going to win. Now, I'm not saying they won't. You guys know how this golf is. Anybody can win. But this golf course just doesn't look that to me.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it plays in May versus in August. If you go back and look at 2013 and that leaderboard, there's a lot of short hitters. But you can see a guy like Zach Johnson was up there. And Zach Johnson was not getting crushed in driving distance that week because those fairways were firm and fast and he was hitting it out there, and it was running forever. They've got some rain up in the northeast. It's going to be, you know, probably in the 50s in the morning. I think the course is going to play a lot softer than it has in the past, and I was listening to Andrew Green last night on Live From, and he was in charge of the restoration up there and the redesign, and he talked about just the sheer number of trees that they took out. Now, they won't give a number. If you ask anybody at Oak Hill how many trees they took out, they won't give you a number. They just say, we took out the perfect amount, and – We'll see because I think it's going to look a lot different than it did in 13. But he did say yesterday that they wanted to maintain the integrity of the driving challenge that is Oak Hill. So I don't think this is going to be Jason Day 20 under at Whistling Straits. I don't think this is going to be any kind of birdie fest. Even if the course is soft, I think you could see a winner in the single digit. So I'm curious how the golf course is going to play May versus August. I think that's going to be the big difference because firm and fast as opposed to, uh, soft. I mean I, I think that I, I know I wanna go with some shorter hitters and some accuracy because finding the fairway here is paramount. You've got these elevated greens, you gotta get the ball to stop. I think Woody, I'm actually gonna to lean toward the bombers. So we'll see if uh we'll see if I get burned on on the bombers and the short hitters come through at Hill okay again.
2: We were talking earlier about about the who is the third best player in the world. So let's kinda of get into some of the guys who, as you mentioned you you're, you're gonna be looking at a bomber. But uh, I mean I'm just looking down here on the guys who have a chance to win this tournament according to the to the analytics and you've got uh, you've got the likes of obviously the top 2 are up there then Xanders we were talking about then Cantley is the fourth best Rory fifth Fino, 6 Sung J M 7th which I think is pretty interesting that Sung is just qu- qu- kind of a quiet sleeper up there then you have the likes of Victor Hovland down there who's kind of lurking and really we haven't really, really even talked about in quite a while. So is any of those names would be someone that you're going to take, or even going a little bit further down, maybe like a Dustin Johnson, a live guy who won last week and is obviously a bomber.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's weird. I, I, maybe I'm going to have a mixture because DJ is actually not my favorite live play this week. I know he won last week in Tulsa. My favorite live play this week is probably Cam Smith. I just, and I do think that you're taking a risk with Cam Smith because, um, if he gets too crooked with the driver, then his insane scrambling skills, May not be enough to save. You know, he, he might be coming from places that you don't want to come from. But if Cam Smith can get off the tee at all, and I think that this golf course is made for him on and around the greens, you're going to have uh, straight bit grass. It's going to be fast. It's going to be slick. You're going to have rough. You're going to have these deep bunkers. And I think the wizardry of Cam Smith actually makes him my favorite live play this week. But you mentioned jay being interesting up there. I kind of like jay His last five events. Uh, and this is not with any in the Korea Open last week, which he just, you know, flew 15 hours to Korea, won the Korean Open, and he's coming back. Uh, he does have the extra day to get over the jet lag because that finished on Saturday uh, for us over here. So he does have the extra day. But his last five events are either major or elevated events. His worst finish in that fan, I believe, is T21 with three top tens. And the thing about Sung Jay is I think after the redesign, there are some questions about how Oak Hill is going to play. Is it going to be, uh, you know, still the same hard driving test? Or is it going to be more around the greens? Sung Jae is a Swiss Army knife. He gains strokes everywhere. With Morikawa, we have this glaring weakness that we can't get past. With Victor Hovland, even, he's played really well at majors. But uh, these are small greens. These are 4,900-square-foot greens. The average on the four is 6,500. If everyone's missing greens, I don't think Victor Hovland's getting up and down more than everyone else. But Sung Jae... He gains it off the tee, he gains on approach, he gains around the green, he gains putting, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. So if you're trying to guess as to how Oak Hill is going to play and you guess wrong, I think Sung J.M. is still a foolproof play because regardless of how it plays, I think Sung J is up there floating around the top ten.
3: Colby, let me draw you back locally real quick. Let's talk about some Oklahoma guys. I think Abe Answer is comparable to a Jason Duffner kind of, you know, a Sean McKeel kind of a guy a little bit off the radar, like some of the guys that have won at Oak Hill in the past. But I have heard, like you heard, that, you know, if you hit it 320, it's a bigger advantage this week than past years at Oak Hill. Um, you got Taylor Gooch, who's been on an absolute heater. You have Victor Hovland, obviously, you know, who's played some deep- – Decent golf this year, but it's kind of waiting to break through. I don't know if he's necessarily a bomber that this golf course is going to really fit. Um, what are your thoughts on the Oklahoma guys this week? And how do you think that Taylor Gooch will play with all the pressure, you know, of him trying to get into the U.S. Open after the USGA retroactively changed his exemption?
1: Yeah, I do think there's a lot of pressure on, on Taylor, especially after his interview with you guys kind of went viral where he was talking about the U.S. Open and the change in the criteria. Um, which I'd fall on his side on that. I, I don't think that they should have changed the, the criteria retroactively, um, but, you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. He's actually not the former Oklahoma State Cowboy that I'm kind of a little bit bullish on this week. Guys, y'all can make fun of me now, or you can make fun of me when I hang up. Ricky Fowler is playing legitimately good golf, and I don't just mean relative to how he's been playing. I mean relative to other of the top players in the world. His approach game, is a really good, I, I don't know, I I, I don't want to sit here for ten, 10 minutes and just kill John Tillery, but whatever they were doing wasn't working, and he went to Butch, and guys, he looks good. I looked on DraftKings this morning, Ricky Fowler, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, Egan Bradley, those guys are all right there in that same little range of DraftKings money, and I think my favorite player out of those guys is Ricky Fowler, Um, and and that could absolutely burn me. I mean, just burn me, but uh, I think he's going to play well this week. I I don't think he's going to win the golf tournament, but if you're looking for a guy further down the board who I think really has some top-10 potential, I think we could see a Ricky Fowler top-10, even when he was at his absolute bottom, uh, he top-10 to Kiowa a couple years ago whenever Phil won, or maybe he was like T-12, something like that, but he played PGA Championships well, uh, so maybe it's the homer in me, but uh, his numbers look really good coming in. I like Ricky's chances to be up around there on the weekend.
2: Colby, nope. just, to, just to that point real quick, read off his, his recent finishes here. 14th, 15th, 10th, 17th, 13th, 20th, 10th, 11th. So, yes, he is playing great golf, getting up at the leaderboard, and he's great value for six hundred on DraftKings. But the few times that he has been up towards the top, he's ran away from it like he was like he was scared of the leaderboard. So uh, I mean, I'm going to mark Ricky down for a, a T15, Woody. I feel like that that's exactly where he's going to. Colby, fall. I don't
3: know if you know this or, or have heard our past shows so far this year, but Woody and I picked Ricky to win a golf tournament this year, and T Dub did not. So every time we say something positive about Ricky, T Dub <laughs> has to bring us back down to earth. No, I was going to say
0: that. I was going to tell you that uh, Colby. <laughs> Don't listen to Taylor because you know who Taylor reminds me of when he talks about Ricky and you talking about Liv. That's
2: harsh, Woody. That's harsh. Oh, my gosh. Fact,
0: so I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just telling you that Taylor, he just is down on Ricky. I don't know if Ricky must have not given him a golf ball at a golf tournament. Or I don't know what it is. Not like at all. Not at all. But I'm with you, though, Colby. He is showing signs. And when he went to Butch, I said way back in January when I heard he was going to Butch, that's when I picked him to win a golf tournament and to pick him to start playing better golf. Butch is what I call the swing whisperer. He is the best at taking a world-class player that's hit the bottom and bringing him back. So I like it, Colby. I'm all in with you, buddy.
1: Yeah, I hope he plays well this week. And and I think Gooch could play well, too. I just don't know. You know, he was on the highest of highs winning back-to-back at the live event. Uh, in Australia and Singapore. And then he comes over and he's kind of playing host at Cedar Ridge last week. I mean, he had a lot of responsibilities, a lot of people in town, all this stuff. And I, I feel like that was a, a lot of distraction. And so he's come down from that high now. And I just don't know after that, that week in Tulsa, he had all these responsibilities, non-golf related, to try to lock back into that elite zone to topple you know, every single one of the best players in the world, many of whom are at the top of their game. Uh, I think Gooch could contend. But but I think a made cut and a t twenty five finish is probably more realistic. It's kind of hard to stay at that really high level, um, you know, for for five six seven weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, I think those are all fair points there, Colby, for sure. One thing that I found interesting about the PGA being ho- hosted Oak Hill the last couple of times is that it was first time major champions that won here. You had Sean McKeel who won 2003, and then Jason Duffner, who actually was playing really good golf around the time, was able to, to break through and finally get his first major. Do you think that this is a, a course that kind of opens up an opportunity for someone to get that first major? Or do you think that someone who, who's won one, like like obviously Rom won the Masters uh, this past time, and then Scotty Shepard won the time before, do, do you think that, that this is maybe a different time? Maybe someone can break through here, maybe like a Cam Young?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to be Cam Young. I just... Aside from the match play, I haven't liked the way that he's played this year. He's only got three top tens uh, since, what was it? Uh, he nearly won a big event. He's only got three top tens since I looked at that this morning. Had my fat no I lost um, Yeah, I think the PGA Championship is unique in the sense that, like, the Masters. It goes back to the same course every year. The same guys know it. The same guys play well. It's hard to get your first one there. The U.S. Open, it's a grind. It's hard. You have to play it a number of times to figure out how to play U.S. Open. Same thing with Link's Golf and the Open Championship and the Slow Green. But the PGA, it's kind of just like a, another tournament and a great course with a, a really strong field. There's nothing uh, that makes it advantageous to have played it every year for the last 15. So I think it lends itself to first-time winners. We, we saw Justin Thomas, Championship. And, guys, I'm really looking strongly towards Xander Schauffler this week to pick up his first major. He's on my very short list. Uh, I might put him outright in. On him, I, I just think that his game has started to click. I think that he's kind of gotten over the whole "I, I can't win" uh, full field stroke play event type thing. And at some point, he's too good to not have a major championship. And I think the PGA sets up well uh, with what we know about its history. So I would look strongly towards Xander if you're thinking about a first-time major winner this week,
0: Kobe. Because the PGA actually, when this tournament was signed up, PGA was still in August. Okay, so, you know, since we've shifted now where it's in May, I don't believe they would have ever played Oak Hill if it would have been in May. Because, like I said, when I played there, I like froze to death. And and it's going to be cold. It really is. But my question is, with the PGA now knowing where their dates are, are we going to get where maybe they go to Frisco down there where they built this new golf course? Do you see that happening? Do you think they might go to the same golf course? over and over again, or do you think we're going to just keep on moving around for the next 30-plus years?
1: I do think that they're going to use that property in Frisco quite a lot, um, and I think it's going to be a regular part of the rotation. But I do still think that they're going to keep bouncing it around. It, it is different uh, being in May in August because some of those northern locations, you, you don't want cold, right? Cold kind of screws up the tournament. We've seen it the last two years at the Masters. The conditions have been awful. Uh, you know, it's kind of potluck in Georgia in April. It's kind of the same thing in New York in May. They, they could get some rain. They could get some really cold temperatures in the morning. Um, I, I do think that, you know, first round success at major championships is huge. You need to be up kind of near the top of the leaderboard after the first round. And I do think it's going to be advantageous for the guys in the afternoon on Thursday. I mean, if it's 20 degrees warmer, your body's looser. I mean, we're talking about guys being able to hit it, I don't know, 20 or 30 yards further in the afternoon and you get up there on day one and get yourself in contention. Uh, we'll see what the winds look like as the weather gets closer. I'll probably check that off Wednesday evening before I finalize my picks. But, uh, yeah, I do think the weather makes a big deal for this PGA and future PGAs. I do think we'll start to see some more sites that are a little more southern in the U.S.
3: Colby, i got to ask you about one more guy, and then we'll get your picks and get you out of here. I'm looking at DataGolf, and the fifth favorite on DataGolf, is Rory McIlroy. And I just think that's absolutely insane to me. I I think there's so many guys below him that are playing better golf than Rory McIlroy right now. Number one, why do you think he's in such a big slump? And number two do you think that he's going to have he's due and, and is going to have a decent week this week? Or do you think that he's going to continue this slump? Because we, our last finishes we've seen, 47th at the Wells Fargo, obviously missed the cut at Augusta, played decent at the match play, but missed the cut at the Players right before that as well. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see uh, the face of the PGA Tour play this week.
1: Uh, yeah, he hasn't played well in a stroke play event since what, February? Probably. It was Bay uh, Hill. Bay March. Hill. Yeah,
3: I'm finished tight okay. for second so, at so, Bay Hill.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, what, what's that? First week of March, I think. So, uh, yeah, it's been two months since Rory McElroy has played good golf in a stroke play event. I, I don't know what's causing it. Uh, you know, he said that he needed to be home for a couple weeks. That, that could be literally anything. Uh, maybe he just burned himself out. I, I think last year he was playing too much because he felt a responsibility to keep the PGA Tour's momentum going as they were losing guys to live so maybe it was just burnout. I am I am fading Rory McIlroy this week. It just The Wells Fargo result to me is almost more uh, concerning than the Masters. You know, you come into the Masters and it gets away from you. You have one bad week, and um, even though he got to get into the weather draw, it's just two rounds of golf, right? And then he goes to Wells Fargo, and that's kind of his place. That's, that's Rory's playground. And he played well on Thursday, opened up with that three-under round despite having an OB ball on that pick one of the par fives, and then – It was just like he was stuck in neutral for three days. So um, I I don't know what his problems are right now, but I'm going to stay away from Rory. I guess the devil's advocate, if you wanted to say play Rory this week, he'll be one of the few who's playing him. And if he does kick it into gear, it's still Rory McIlroy. I I don't think he's forgotten how to play golf. I think he's just in a slump. So if you want to play him as like a leverage play, uh, I guess you can, because he'll be very low-owned. But I think he'll be rightfully very low-owned because – There's just something that's not right about his golf game right now.
3: All right, Colby, give me your top three in a dark horse for the PGA Championship at Oak Hill.
1: All right, top three, uh, I'm going to go chalk at the top because I I really do think there's a big gap between the top two and everybody else whenever we talk about predictability. So uh, I'm going to go ROM one, Scheffler two. I think I would actually split those if Scheffler was putting a little bit better because it's hard to win back-to-back majors, hard to win the Masters and then show up at the pga and when uh we're back when it was mastered in the u.s open last guy to do it was speech in 15 and of course that was u.s open as the second leg of the season um so i'm gonna go rom scheffler and then I, i've been raving about Xander. i really i would not be shocked at all to see Xander holding the trophy uh on sunday afternoon so rom scotty and then Xander. i'm going to go Chalky at the top How about adam scott for my dark horse though um, I, I don't think he's going to win the tournament because I don't think the golf gods will allow someone with a blue putter to win a major. I think in stroke gained blue putter, he comes in very far in the negative. So for that reason, I don't think he's going to win. He's been playing really good. He's a veteran guy. He's been around. Uh, he got me 277K last week in the one and done. Sam, how many points did your pick get last week in the one of does?
3: I don't know. It doesn't matter. They were playing for pennies on the dollar last week at the Byron Nelson, so I didn't feel like I needed to even put one in.
1: Hey, shout out Austin Ekro, too. Good playing last week. He didn't get the win. But that money, those FedEx right. Cup points, especially those FedEx Cup points go a long way. So uh, those would be my top three in a dark horse. And then I'll, I'll give you my top three live guys, too. My top three live guys, I think I'd go Cam 1, I'd go Brooks 2, because Brooks is just a major assassin and it doesn't really matter how he's playing. If he's healthy, he shows up and plays well at majors. And I think I'd go DJ three. I don't know if I would have even had DJ on the list until he won Liv Tulsa because he had just kind of looked uninterested in golf for a while. But DJ's coming in uh, off a win at, at Peter Ridge, So I'll throw him in there at number three because he's got that high-end talent. So, uh, yeah, those are the kind of the guys I'm keeping an eye out for this week.
3: By the way, since you mentioned <laughs> it, what were your thoughts on last week at Liv Tulsa?
1: Um, I, I just saw kind of a lot of the stuff that you guys were putting out. It, it looked like a good event. Uh, it looked like everybody was having fun. And uh, I still get the, the emails from Kelsey with with TG's Foundation. seemed like they raised a lot of money. So uh, all in all, a good event. I, I think that Liv makes mistakes when they go to places like Tucson and Orlando, as if the, the Phoenix area doesn't get enough golf and as if they don't get enough professional golf in Florida. You, they need to go to places that are starved for golf. And I thought that Australia, big time, was that. And I think Oklahoma is that. I think Oklahoma is a golf-crazed state. Uh, and we've had a pretty good run in the last three years with the senior PGA leading into the PGA at Southern Hills and then Live Golf Tulsa now. Uh, go- o- Oklahoma is a golf-crazed place. So I think that Live needs to do more uh, Australias and Oklahomas and less Tucson's and Orlando.
2: I mean, that, that is a great point there, Colby. The crowds were, were just outstanding. And, yes, we have been deprived of good golf for a while and, and I, I really do like your Adam Scott pick because back here and in, in when they had the major here in 2013 he finished fifth by shooting uh, a solid five under was just a little bit back of Jason Duffner so I think you're pretty spot on with your your dark horse pick there with old with Adam Scott even though that putter is pretty atrocious
1: it's hard to look at but he's playing well with it I think it was Saturday at the Nelson that he shot himself out of the tournament maybe it was Friday um, he played really well on Thursday played really well on Sunday so he's playing good golf and Adam Scott's one of those guys that when I see just a little bit of form, I'm ready to jump on it because the sling is just so pure that I feel like whenever he starts to feel it, oh, man, all, all he's got to do is get that blue putter rolling a little bit, and he's going to be up there.
0: Hey, guys, one thing I will say, Kobe's still on the air. One thing I love about Adam Scott, Adam Scott's the only guy using the long putter that's not anchoring it, and I appreciate the yeah. fact that yep. he's not anchoring it. For these that's other guys who are putting with that, don't tell me they're not anchoring. Do not tell me Bernard Langer's not anchoring that putter. He is anchoring that putter. Adam Scott's the only guy using one of those long putters that you can actually see it's away from his body. So either they need to make him do that or they need to just take that long putter all the way out of everybody's hands. That's just my rant on that because I hate that long putter. I hate it with a
1: long
3: No doubt. I, I totally.
1: I, I think, yeah. think Bernard Langer is literally grandfathered in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm that kid. You know, and that
1: yeah. Oh, Yeah.
0: Well, man. I'll tell you this much I know Hale Irwin well enough to know that Hale Irwin does not count Bernard Langer tying his record. I'll promise you right now. If you had a, if you had yeah. a beer with Hale Irwin right now, he pays a cheating SOB. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think a lot of old guys think that for sure. I've I've heard some some different opinions on that, but Colby's got a run. He's headed down to Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club to go to the NCAA Norman Regional. By the way, to update you guys on that Norman Regional, OU is in the lead at 17 under, Colorado in second at minus 12, Alabama in third at... 11-under, and then you have Texas Tech at 10-under. They're only even par on the day. They were actually in first place headed into the second round. Then you got the 32nd-ranked team in the country, Duke, in fifth place. We'll keep you updated on how that goes. But, Colby, you have a good time out there today. I guess you're talking to Lubbock?
1: Uh, yeah, the plan is to talk to Ludwig A. Burke this afternoon for a story to come out uh, around the time of the NCAA championships. He's going to be the first player, assuming he holds on to that top spot. The PGA Tour, you to go straight from college to the pros with a tour card uh, with the new system. So, I talked to him about that, and also just the fact that he's kind of been the best player in, in college golf for a couple of years. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. He couldn't turn pro. He decided to take it out at Texas Tech. But if anybody wants to get out and see some good college golf tomorrow, it looks like we could have a Luke Big A-Bird-Drew Goodman showdown at, uh, at at Jimmy Austin. So, really good golf being played down at Jimmy. If anybody wants to get out and check it out.
3: No doubt about it. That is Colby Powell of the Golf Channel and formerly of one of the founding fathers of the 73rd hole. Colby, thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir, everybody. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Y'all have a good one. We are diving all the way into this field and the golf course at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Woody, I got to ask you first, since you were the only one that has played Oak Hill, I mean, what is the course's defense? Because, I mean, we've seen some journeyman winners, and and it it has favored the shorter hitters in the past or at least brought them into the golf tournament. Uh, You know, with Jason Duffner, Sean McKeel, we've seen those type of winners in the past. Now, like Colby, and we were all talking about in that interview with Colby is – this week's a little different with it being in May and the golf course is a little wetter and I think that they're making the rough, you know, a little bit longer than it has been in the past. I don't know really what to expect. Do we go off of the history of it that you might want to pick someone off the radar or are you kind of looking at one of the top players in the world? You know, after about a decade since we've seen the PGA Championship here at Oak Hill Woody. I was fortunate
0: that They're playing about the same time I did in 2008. I was even a week later. So one of the things that you're going to have to look at is weather. I I can promise you guys it's going to be cold. In the morning it'll be cold. So it's miserable when it's cold and it could be wet which makes it worse. Uh, The defense of this golf course the best I can remember every time I hit it rough it was about a half shot penalty. I mean you really must drive the ball in the fairway to be able to attack these greens because these greens are tiny. I do remember that also, very small greens. And I do remember the par threes are pretty challenging, Sam. So having said all that, and I was even with our interview with Colby talking about the guys that had one there were not household names. Boy, I think you got to look this week because golf's so much different now. We've got those guys off the Lib that can really play, and we've only got a handful of guys that are almost every week we want to pick on the PGA Tour. I think it's going to come from there. I'm going to go out on a limb this week, guys, and I'm going to tell you, Lib guy's going to win it.
3: That would be interesting. Now, save that pick for the end of the show, Woody, but I do have a forecast here for Rochester, New York, and it starts starting on Thursday, it's a high of 63 and a low of 36. So you're exactly right that it could get a little chilly for the start of this golf tournament. On Friday, there's a high of 77. And a low of 48, and then some rain chances come in. There's a 50 percent chance of thunderstorms on Saturday um, with a high of 68, a low of 55. So a little bit, you know, warmer, especially in the mornings. But you do get a chance of thunderstorms along with that. And then Sunday looks beautiful, a high of 69 and a low of 52 with sunny skies so T-Dub do you think that that weather forecast really uh affects who you're going to pick whatsoever
2: not necessarily I don't think it's going to change Oak Hill an abundant amount I do think that we'll see some similarities between the the last two times that we have held it at at this tournament and which ironically is 2023 we had 2013 and then we had 2003 so we've got a pretty set so hopefully 2043 will probably be back here as well, you look at back in 2003 when Sean McKeel won, hit that uh, one of the most famous shots in golf on the 18th hole there to about a foot to beat Chad Campbell. There was only three players that shot under par that year. Uh, it was McKeel, Chad Campbell, and Tim Clark was the other one. That's a name from the past right there. So the I feel penguin. like it, it may play fairly. Yeah, yeah. The uh, He'd hit it about 240 off the tee. It was pretty interesting. He had something with his elbow. I couldn't remember right. exactly what it was that made him swing like that. Um, and in 2013, the scores were a little bit lower. Um, it actually did rain a decent amount, especially in the first round, uh, that year. I actually have an article right here saying that they sold out of umbrellas and ponchos that year. So that was interesting. That, that's kind of what kind of opened up the door for Jason Duffner a little bit, uh, to, to play. And Jim Furick actually finished second that year. So definitely not a bomber's paradise finding stretch that year. But I do think that, uh, Woody, it's going to be a paramount for the drivers this week. Just by l- watching, uh, live from last night, that rough. Looks gnarly. They were doing the old—you have some golf balls and you throw it down the rough with a the camera there and showing how low it drops. And uh, from the looks of it, if you have any more than about an eight iron, you're not going to even be able to advance the ball in the green. Let alone you're—you're you're, even if it sits up on it, you're going to have one hell of a flyer, or it could just hit on the top of the face and come out dead. So what? He, and with that being a 7,400 yard golf course as well, not only you're going to have to hit it straight, but you're going to have to hit it pretty far as well.
0: Well, we go back to one of my favorite stories when I got paired with Dennis Watson, and Tom Watson in the third round. Uh, one of the things you're going to watch this week that could happen in the first two days, guys, is slow play. Um, this golf course can get ugly, and like you said, P-Dub, when you're hitting in the rough, it's hard to even think about hitting these little bitty greens, so then you're chipping a lot. So, slow play could be a little bit of an issue in these first two rounds because you've got a 156-man field. This is a huge field. I, I'm going to go, like you, a little bit, thinking Bombers this week. I'm I'm thinking that If they've lost some trees, like what Colby was saying, I didn't realize how many trees they had knocked down or taken out. That does help the Bombers because they can carry the ball further up and not have so much of a problem, you know, hacking a wedge or a sandwich out of that rough. Because if you're in that rough and you're trying to hit, like you said, more than an eight iron, you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, I can promise you, I don't care how strong you are, that rough, I still have nightmares about that rough guys the only time i ever seen rough that bad was at oak tree national in the 2000 club pro championship where our bermuda rough got so deep we were losing the ball on every hole so nightmarish type rough but if i've got a sand wedge or wedge in my hand maybe i can make it work so the bombers i'm thinking bombers this week i'm going of got to go away from i think i've got to drive the ball in the fairway i've just got to drive the ball far enough i can get a wedge in my hand
3: Right. And as we talk about golf course setup, I feel like the PGA really ever since Jason Duffner won in 2013 at Oak Hill, I feel like... They have done the best job other than Augusta National and the Masters. That's always going to be number one, at least to me. But of the other three majors over this past decade, I feel like the PGA has done the best job setting up their golf courses. I mean, they have champions like Rory McElroy, Jason Day. You have Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka twice. You have Colin Morikawa, Phil Mickelson, and obviously Justin Thomas last year at Southern Hills. I think that the PGA has turned into, over this last decade, T-Dub, the second best major to me and has produced the best winner and the guy that's playing the best that week. I I really do. Am I crazy for saying that, T-Dub?
2: No, I don't think so at all. I mean, just look at, as you mentioned, the last how many ever years. I mean, the 2018 PGA Championship is one of the most famous majors of all time now with Tiger making a chase that Brooks Koepka ended up winning it and then... Even the next year after that, you had uh, when Kepco pretty much went out and steamrolled, but he was playing the best golf at the time. And also, too, just looking at the courses they've been able to play, I feel like has helped that as well. Obviously, Southern Hills is, is a, a pristine uh, diamond, there's no doubt about that. Kia was a, a very interesting golf course to say, at least a great golf course. Very interesting. TPC, Harding Park, Beth Pageback, Bell Reeve. Then even going back to like Quell Hollow, and then really probably the last Major, or the last PJ Championship that wasn't, in my opinion, really, really stellar would have been the 2016 one when Jimmy Walker won there at Baltusrol. It just didn't have the exact same feel uh, before that. But then even before that, you had Rory at Valhalla. You had uh, Jason Day at, at Westling Straight in 2015. So, you know, I think the PJ Championship has been great. And as you were alluding to, they set up their golf courses in a very tough but yet, uh, yet fair way. I mean, the U.S. Open tries to ride the line so much with uh, trying to not to be extremely tough and have the, the wing foot type of scores where you're, you've got Bryce that should even pars to win by six shots, but then you also have the Shinnecock situations where it can become unfair. So the PGA just can doesn't have to really rely on that Woody so much. They can just go to really great golf courses and just set them up in tough, challenging, but fair ways.
0: One of the few people that I'll brag on at the PGA of America is Kerry Haig, who is in charge of setting up the golf courses for all of their tournaments, Okay. And he does a fantastic job. He he actually has some common sense, which we always laugh about it on our podcast and in the world we live in today. That seems like a dying breed that somebody would have common sense. Gary Hag does. He he looks at the golf course, he studies the golf course, he looks at the weather forecast. He he actually thinks about it before he does it. And for the longest time, guys, the PGA was kind of, um, oh, the bastard child, for a better way of saying it. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of down on the PGA. And in the recent years, especially now that they've moved to the second major of the year and how many good golf courses and good tournaments they've had, Sam's pretty much fought on with this. They're getting to be the second most popular major. After the Masters, which would you ever thought you'd hear that? But the U.S. Open, over the years, has been making some major league mistakes in their setups. Doing stuff like they did to Taylor Gooch is not making them an organization. Everybody goes rah-rah for the U.S.G.A.
3: I completely agree with that, Woody. We can dive more into that uh, as we go through this field. So let's start doing that, T-Dub. Your top five favorites at Oak Hill this week are Scotty Scheffler, and this is from Data Golf, analytically. I'm not talking about Vegas odds, but as far as the analytics go, your top five favorites are Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, and Rory McIlroy. Does your winner come out of those five guys?
2: Anytime you got Rahm and Scheffler in the group, you got to say you throw it in there. But no, I'm going to take the field in this sense. One thing we talked earlier about the PGA Championship being the second best major now, it, I feel like it's head in head with the, with the open, but I do feel like one thing that makes the PGA the best in, or at least a little bit better right now, in my opinion, is that the field is, so, is the, probably the best field that you're going to have in golf now, especially because the PGA Tour doesn't have of the lift players at their elevated events so when you have 156 players even though what he was mentioning the slow play is definitely going to be a factor but you got more players i guess there are some club pros in the field but uh, i think overall it's going to be the deepest field that you have the entire year the masters only having 80 players or whatever it is so i feel like that this is the strongest field that we do see on an annual basis so that's why i would go with the field and i do feel like that uh you know i asked colby this colby Powell this question i think that this is a good opportunity for a first-time major winner to finally break through. I mentioned Cam Young because I think that he does have a really good chance to win just from being around that area, and I feel like that his game really sets up beautifully for that course being a bomber. But even the likes of a Sung J.M., as we were talking about, he could break through. Tony Finau doesn't have a major. Shopland and Cantlay haven't broken through. They are in that group of five that you were mentioning, so I do feel like even if it wasn't one of those top two, those guys... Uh, could definitely do it. Maybe even a Victor Hovland, Woody. This could be, of course, they're breaking out. Hasn't played very well his last couple of events, but did have it rolling for a decent while at the Masters. Didn't play very well on Sunday. He had to deal with the Patrick Catley syndrome, which it's very hard to get past that. But uh, I don't know. I'll ask you the same question. Woody, do you think that this is a course where a first-time major winner could break through at? I do. I, I think
0: it could happen. I'm not going to pick. When I get my pick, I, I'm not going to go with a guy that might be a first-time winner. or At least I don't think I will. I might. I might change my mind but by the time you guys give me all your analytics <laughs> and all. I I don't know where the hell to go. Um, I don't know. It's like you said, Steve. How do you when you got shopley in there that everybody's bragging on? Him, but I haven't. I'm like Sam. I'm down on him. I have not seen this guy be a closer. Okay, uh, Sheffler, Scotty, if he puts. Like, what everybody's saying, he's getting the ball so doggone good. If he gets to button it, look out, right? Um, Rom, what can you say about Rom? He's the only the best player in the world, probably. Um, I hope Gooch has a good week. I think Tulsa was tough on Taylor. I mean, he just had so much going on. His foundation, I mean, they were pulling and tugging at him every different way they could last week. I The more I watched that, the more I realized he, he really wasn't going to have a chance of playing good, so... It's still a pretty open crap shoot with 156 guys. So I don't know. When we go to picking, I, I guess you'll see where my brain is.
3: It really is a crapshoot once you get past John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler analytically is the favorite at a 12.8% chance to win this golf tournament, but he's going to have to putt better than he has over the past two months uh, to win a major this week. Um, let's dive into the the second half of the top ten favorites here on Data Golf. You have Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, who won last week, Sung J M, Victor Hovland, and Justin Thomas. Out of those guys, T Dub, does anybody really pique your interest?
2: Oh, well, Jason Day winning last week, he would definitely be a very high candidate because he did finish T eight uh, the last time they had it here in 2013. So I feel like that he's going to have a pretty stellar week. It's pretty hard to win back to back weeks, but uh, if anyone could do it, it would be Jason Day. You feel like that he's just playing some of the best golf that he's played really ever since he was number one in the world. Tony Finau, I think, it is a really great candidate. Uh, to play well this week. I mean, he has just been hitting the ball, hitting his irons so in particularly well. I mean, the last time, I mean, I, I, in his last 25 starts, he has not lost a strokes gained approach. I mean, I'd have to scroll all the way back almost two years to find a time where he did not hit his irons very well. The last time that Shout he didn't, I finally found it. Right? Our man, we met our man Boyd up at uh, up at Cedar guy. Ridge. I mean, just a tr- I mean, tremendous guy and he's doing great work with Tony Fina and TG as well. I mean, they've definitely got something figured out on that end. And so, yeah, he's just We mentioned the Bombers being uh, such an advantage here, but they brought up some stats from Live From as well and said the last, I think it was the last four winners here uh, whenever they hosted a major championship were top five that week in greens and regulation. So being able to hit the greens is going to be really paramount. The reason I'm so emphasized on the Bombers is because if you're not in the fairways or a long ways up there, you're not going to be able to hit the damn green. So I feel like that it's just a ball striker's paradise, which is why I am pretty high on someone like a Scotty Scheffler, even though his putting has been that bad. But Tony Fina is just driving it so well, and I do feel like him and Cam Young, for me, are kind of right there in the the two guys who have not won a major yet, who I think would have the best chance uh, to win this week, maybe even over the likes of a Shoffley or a Cantley just because I mean we've detailed Shoffley extensively. And for whatever reason, Cantley just does, doesn't seem to play his best golf in major championships. So I, I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I'm kind of a little bit down on Cantley. Even though his last three majors, he has finished 14th, uh, T8th, and 14th, but never any of those did I really feel like that he was in elite contention to win the tournament. But has been playing good golf as of recently. Hasn't finished outside. Hasn't finished worse than 21st going all the way back to Waste, waste Management Phoenix this year. So uh, I think that uh, he has played some good golf, but uh, I'm just not ready to feel like Cantlay is breaking through, even though he is extremely
3: talented. T-Dub, I got to ask you one analytical question about now because I agree with you that I want to pick now this week, but it seems like the putter's coming back down to earth a little bit. He was putting great. Before the American Express, he gained shots on the greens. 10 tournaments before that. But after that, it it seems like it has come back down to earth. Now, he did gain over a shot on the field on the greens at the Mexico Open. But in three out of his last four tournaments, he's lost about a half a shot on the greens. And I just don't know what to expect with the putter. He's kind of in the same boat as Scheffler when it comes to great ball striker, not a great putter. Do I want to put money on that?
2: It is definitely a fair point. Yes, the putter has been... Uh, relatively streaky. The reason I'm, I'm definitely higher on him is you look at his last, uh, up until he won at the Mexico open his previous, like six starts before that, he was still gaining shots off the tee, but it's very, very minimal. He had been used to oh just absolutely overpowering golf courses and he was not hitting it very accurately during the stretch. He had not gained more than a shot off the tee since the uh, farmers open back in January. But his last two events, Sam, he has gained more than a full shot off of the tee. So he's got that driver working extremely well. He's actually hitting more fair. He's above average in in accuracy those last two events with how far he's hitting it. That's what really makes me high on him. But, yes, he is in the same boat of Scheffler uh, in in that realm. And so Phenom's not necessarily going to be my pick to win the tournament. I'm just looking at the guys who have not broken through and won the first major. Let's just put it this way. If you want to give me a heads-up bet between Phenom and Cantlay, I'll take Phenom.
3: Woody, what, what do you think about that second half of that top ten favorites with Finau and Morikawa, Day, M, Hovland, Justin Thomas, Cam Young, even throw in in there. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Does anyone, you know, really stick out to you?
0: Oh yeah, look at those guys, and <laughs> see that's what makes this so hard, gentlemen. Golly, you know, do I think Morikawa could have a great week? Yes, I do, because of what we were just talking about, hitting greens. He hits more greens than almost anybody. Has he been playing real good? No, but we've also seen guys, they're playing bad, and then all of a sudden, boom, they win. And we go, "Oh, well, where'd that come from? Well, because they're pros. They know how to find a game. I don't really like J.T. because he's not putting the ball worth a darn. That's why it's hard to go with Scotty. I mean, watching him putt at the Byron Nelson was a little bit scary. Of those guys, i still love Victor to pull through somewhere that's probably not the best place because you're going to miss some greens and the rough's deep, and it's gnarly to chip out of. Out of all those guys, I think it's still Morikawa's who I'd roll back to. That's just me simply because he's done it, and he's done it more than once. So I kind of like those guys that are proven, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that Morikawa could have a solid week. I'm not going to pick him to be in my top three. Uh, You mentioned Victor Hovland. That's an interesting one, Woody, because I thought that he was going to have a big-time year this year, and he's kind of disappointed me a little bit. In his last four finishes, he's gone 43rd, 59th, tied for 7th, and 31st, and has lost shots on the greens in three of those tournaments, and His chipping is still not any good. Um, Hasn't really figured anything out with that. But the ball striking is elite. But what worries me about the ball striking is he lost shots with the Irons at the Wells Fargo strokes gained approach. And so... I think, you know, Victor Hovland's time is coming. I just don't think it's this week, and it has nothing to do with the golf course. That's mainly recent form uh, for me with Victor Hovland. T-Dub, I want to get to the live players in this golf tournament. There's 18 live players playing at Oak Hill this week. You got guys like Abe Anser, Dean Burmester who we talked with, uh, who won for the Stingers uh, last <laughs> week at Live <laughs> Tulsa. You also got big names like DeChambeau, Gooch, Dustin Johnson, obviously Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, Joaquin Neiman, Harold Varner Third, who was on a heater at Live Tulsa, Patrick Reed. T-Dub, what, what are your thoughts on this week for the Live guys? I think that Gooch, Dustin Johnson, and Brooks Kepka are the guys I'm really looking at, and I- I'm definitely going to put one, if not two, of those guys in my top three.
2: I am very high on a few uh, a few of the live guys this week as well. Before I get to them, I want to get back uh, to what he's calling Morikawa pit because we talk about Now and Scheffler being streaky with the putter. is just absolutely awful there. He's actually hitting his irons better than he has in his entire career. That is how elite his iron play has been right now. But six out of his last seven tournaments, not only has he lost strokes to get it on the greens, he's lost a very substantial amount. So maybe he's in, it's, he's in a, to a higher extent than even those guys. Of, if he gets the putter rolling, he's going to be very, very elite. The problem is that putter is a, even a lot, it's a lot further away than even Dino's or Sky Scheffler's is, uh, so, which is pretty insane. But going back to those live guys, I'm very high on, in uh, particularly Dustin Johnson. I mean, the, the way he's hitting the driver, what I saw last week, I mean, he did have the pull left on 10 and and did hit a little bit of a tree on 18. But with the exception of that, it's been long and straight every single time. And that's exactly what you need here. I just feel like that he's, he's starting one of those runs, right? I mean, he can get on, he'll win three out of five weeks when he plays. I mean, we saw what happened last year. So, I mean, there's going to be abundance of good golf coming from Justin Johnson. I do think it's going to continue this week. And then even uh, Bruce Kepka as well. I feel like he's going to have very, very good week last week. What the way I heard him speaking on the on the practice putting green, I knew he was not going to play well, and he still finished sixth that week. So he did not putt very well whatsoever. But he did have uh, such good ball strike, and it Seems like that his swing is a lot better than it was a year ago at the PGA Championship when I saw it in person there as well. It did not look very fluid. looked stiff. Didn't look like he was catching it solid. Didn't have that that nice audio from whenever he hit the ball. But it seemed back this year uh, last week at Cedar Ridge. So I'm very high on him as well. And then even the likes of a Cam Smith. I mean, he shot sixty one in the final round, so and that putter is just absolutely insane. It's, he, can, he can make any putter. Anytime he hits it within 15 feet, I'm going to look at him and just say, hey, pick it up, man, that's, uh, that's good, and let's move on. And then a good moment. the live guys, are man T.G., I feel like last week, as we've alluded to countless times, he just had so much on his plate. It, it was just uh, – there was only so much that could be done when you have to do that much off of the course. And then probably my best value of the week, Sam, on DraftKings, at least at sixty six hundred, Harold Varner. I mean, he was on fifty nine watch <laughs> on, on this on Sunday at uh, at Cedar Ridge. I mean, he made ba- two eagles in his first four holes,
3: and you can get him at sixty six hundred on DraftKings. Are you kidding me? I mean, that has to be the best value of the week for sure. And I didn't even mention Cam Smith in that list of. Live golfers, right there. Is e- either he's definitely in that list with DJ and Brooks and Taylor Gooch up there with the top four guys that I think you know have a really legitimate chance of actually contending for this golf tournament. Woody,
0: here we are again. What's really not fair is we do have two tours going on. We got to sit here and talk about how many great players are coming off Live to go try to win the PGA, and then we got to go back to the PGA tour and try to figure out which one of those. It just drives me crazy that we have to actually. Put an asterisk by, well, yeah, but we got to remember the Liv guys. No, what well, we got to remember the best offers in the world Live PGA, I don't care who they are. And that little list you just threw out, we were chuckling that Harold Barner, we almost didn't even think about him, and he was right there at a 59 watch. Cam Smith shoots 61. DJ went in the golf tournament with a triple bogey. Okay? All of them, guys. Brooks Kepka. You know Kepka's is going to be here, guys. When the bell rings, he's going to be there. So, I'm going to be really surprised when we go to pick. And I, I like some of the little guys more this week than even Scheffler and Ron.
3: Fellas, let's just dive into our picks here. Because we could spend all day dissecting this golf tournament. It's pretty wide open. But... Let's go ahead and make our two one and done picks first, T Dub. Who are you going with as your two picks for the one and done this week? I'm going with two live
2: guys going with Dustin Johnson and Bruce Kepka. Uh, one thing that is interesting about the PJ Tour or the PJ Championship is that the purse is on, I say only here. It's only fifteen million, which the winner will get two point seven, which you compare that to an elevated event on the PJ Tour. It's actually a little bit lower. So my winner of the tournament, I still have in the one and done. But I'm going to go ahead and save him for a bigger elevated event just in case because I still feel like he's going to play well. He just still may not win, so the the person amount would not be there. And so you, you only have very select amount of times to use uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, Bruce Kefka, Woody, these live guys. So I already used Cam Smith at, at the Masters. Didn't do particularly well. And anyway, I like Kefka and, and DJ even more than Cam this week. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty excited in my two picks, Woody. I'm very optimistic. Well,
0: I like both those guys also. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, – kefka to win it and I'm gonna pick Cam Smith. So I'm gonna go with those two little guys too. Uh just simply and I really like DJ too, but I just for some reason I think kefka is gonna come right back to to his form and play really good PGA like he always
3: does. Fellas for my two one and done picks. I think I was one major too early picking Dustin Johnson in the one and done for Augusta National. It seems like after that long off season that he had, he's back finally focused on golf. I wish I could pick Dustin Johnson in the one and done this week. I can't. Um, but my two one and done picks, fellas, I'm going Scotty Scheffler, mainly because that rough is so long out there. It's a premium on hitting greens and even when he putts bad, he's still finishing in the top 10. I'm going to take my chances and take the best ball striker in the world, in my opinion, and go Scotty Scheffler as one of my one-and-done picks. And then my second one-and-done pick is a guy I saw a whole lot of in person last week at Live Tulsa. That's Brooks Kepka. I think you guys are right on the money. He. Played really solid golf at Liv Tulsa. Just couldn't get a putt to fall. I was really impressed with how he's not out there grinding on the range. He has something figured out with Pete Cowan. And Brooks Kepka is definitely not scared of the moment. And I think that after what transpired at Augusta National, I think he wants to prove something to the golf world this week. His mind... From the start of the week at Live Tulsa T-Dub was focused on the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Give me Scotty Scheffler and give me Brooks Kepka as my two one-and-done picks.
2: Yeah, those are, those are very solid, very hard to go wrong with that, and I do expect Kepka to have a very good week. And then Scheffler, if he can get the putter rolling, he's going to be very solid there. So I'll get into, we'll make our three picks and then... Uh, give a dark horse here so my winner of the tournament i'm going to go with the first time major winner colby had mentioned he doesn't he hasn't been playing particularly well the last two events but i feel like he was playing so much good golf leading up to that and i feel like he's going to get it figured out this week coming back to a place that he's probably been focused on for quite a while this course sets up perfectly for cameron young i feel like he's just going to be able to hit some bombs down there be able to hit it even a little bit further than some of the other people as long as he's able to put the ball in the fairway He's going to be really good, and he is a, a very, very solid wedge player as well, especially from 50 to 125 yards. Won't have a 100 abundance of those shots, but on some holes, if he is able to, to drive it really far down there, he's going to put himself in prime position. Second place, I'm, I'll go Scotty Scheffler. It's, uh, I just feel like he's going to be right up there, but that putter is going to hold him back just a little bit. Maybe wrong, maybe he'll get it figured out, and uh, then put it, he could win the tournament by five or six shots if he does that. Then my next pick, my third place, give me Tony Finau. I mean, we talked about it earlier, sets up. Sets up very, very well for him. He's been hitting his driver very good the last couple of weeks. Iron play has been stellar. him and Boyd Summerhays doing an absolutely great job on that. So I love Tony Fino this week as well. Going down on the dark horse, I have a few guys here that I'll list out. The first one I have to defend, defend something on because uh, Woody gave me a complete slap in the nuts whenever we were talking about Kobe Powell. I do, not, I do not hate Ricky Fowler as much as y'all think that I do. I just call it <laughs> how I see it. He finishes top 15 every time, but he does not get past the top 10 mark. And any time that he gets anywhere close to the leaderboard like he did at the Wasteman at the Phoenix Open, I say it's the most Ricky Fowler thing of all time. He made a hole-in-one on the seventh hole there, and then goes bogey-bogey after that. That shows he was scared of being in the lead, and that is exactly What happened? You look at the analytical rankings this week. He's a 16th favorite player, and that is the perfect place for him because he is going to finish somewhere between 10th and 20th place. There is no doubt in my mind about it. So I don't even know if he qualifies as a dark horse anymore because he's a 20th player, 20th player analytically currently, 49th player in the OWGR, which is a complete farce anyway. So... I don't know. I absolutely love Ricky Fowler this week to finish top fifteen. Is he going to win the tournament. Absolutely not. There's no chance. But he will have a great week and still finish top fifteen. So uh, I, I feel like with how much y'all think I hate Ricky Fowler, that's probably a pretty decent dark horse. Hey Sam. Yep. Uh,
0: I, I think he's. We've hit a. We've hit a kind of a touchy subject with this Ricky Fowler and called him on that. list. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I Yeah, I, you I, compare You compared my hate for Ricky to Kobe's hate for Live. I mean, that is so deep. It's unbelievable.
3: <laughs> I wow. haven't ever heard a wow. sentence like what he said that disrespected two people more than you know saying that Taylor hates Ricky Fowler as much as Colby hates Live.
0: Hey, I, I I I was just trying to say it like what, what what Taylor just said. I'm just trying to report it as how how I hear it. So okay, I'll, I'll I'll cut you a little slack. I don't maybe you don't dislike him that much. He's not my my dark horse this week. So I'm glad you were thinking about him. I'm not. I'm going to go crazy on my top three. I am going to put Kepka because I said I think Kepka is going to win this for some reason. I like Cam Smith, that one, and I'm going to put Scotty Scheffler, those three, because I think Scheffler is hitting the ball so good, you're right, my dark horse. And I don't know. Do we have rules on the dark horse? Because I really like Fino. Well, the rules major, but the I don't rules Woody, he's dark
3: horse. The rules used to be top twenty-five in the OWGR. It has to be outside of that. Yeah, that but was, now, I mean, just yeah. you know, say one, and we'll tell you if he's a dark horse. We'll just well, play it by ear. Well, well, what I he he's now
2: is the, the fifth-ranked player analytically and the 12th-ranked player in the OWGR, <laughs> so I do not think he qualifies as a dark horse.
0: Yeah, I knew he was going to be a long shot if as far as getting a dark horse out of him, but, you know, sometimes you got to just hope for what you can. Okay, you know who my dark horse is this week, Sam? Who's that? Taylor Gooch.
3: That's a good dark horse Taylor right there. Taylor Gooch
0: is my dark horse because he's got no respect and he needs this. So, okay, so... Again, I don't know where he is analytically and all that, but I know he's safe for a dark horse, so I want Taylor.
2: Thirty-sixth that- analytically, sixty-third O OWGR. <laughs> <laughs> Give us Dustin Johnson's right. while you're at it, T dub. Okay, let's uh Dustin Johnson is nineteenth analytically, eighty
3: two OWGR. <laughs> so there are eighty one <laughs> players in the world better than Dustin Johnson. That's good enough. Oh my gosh. Uh okay, fellas. I have waffled back and forth on this tournament because I feel like it's wide open, especially at the top. I wasn't able to pick John Rahm or Dustin Johnson in my one-and-done because, ironically, that's who I picked at Augusta National. Might have been one major too early on both of those guys. I think that both of them are going to have big-time weeks this week. So, basically, it's like a coin flip between... Rom and Scheffler, and then it's a coin flip to me between Brooks and DJ. Um so I think to win the golf tournament this week, I am going Brooks Kepka. And then my second pick, I am going John Rom. My third pick, I am going Scotty Scheffler. And then my fourth pick, I am going Dustin Johnson. I I'm just throwing all four of those guys in there. Dustin Johnson, you just said he's the 80, the 80 players in the world are better than him. Give me Dustin Johnson as my dark horse this week, TW. I
2: feel like if we if we keep doing th- this based off of OWGR,
3: we'll be able to finagle the <laughs> system so bad on these dark horses that that it's going to be an absolute joke. I really do. The reason why I'm picking Brooks to win the golf tournament is because I saw so much of him this week, and he was just so focused on Oak Hill. You could just see it in everything that he did and said throughout the week, and then his ball striking is phenomenally shot. What, back-to-back five unders uh, in that golf tournament? And just to to y'all point, because both y'all picked him, if he does win,
2: he'll have five major championships. I mean, that that is extremely elite category if he is going to be
3: able to pull this off. No, I I completely agree. I just think he has a lot to prove, and I would pick Scotty Scheffler. The course sets up perfect for him, but he's got to make some putts for me to pick him to win the golf tournament. Have to throw John Rahm in there if we're talking about ball striking, and then... Obviously, with DJ winning last week, I might have thrown TG in there as my dark horse if I had not seen Dustin Johnson win last week. It's not that I think that TG is going to have a bad week either because he didn't just forget how to play golf when he was in Tulsa last week. He just had a lot of other distractions around him, but coming into last week at Live Tulsa, he was one of the hottest players in the world after winning in Australia and Singapore. So I definitely think that he will have a good week next week with something to prove as well. T-Dub, one quick... Thing on uh, one of your picks, Cam Young, I think that that's a great pick. Great driver of the golf ball. Putting the ball in the fairway is going to be a premium this week, and I think that that's a really solid pick as well. If you didn't like any of my four picks, T-Dub, any final thoughts on the PGA Championship coming up this weekend at Oak Hill?
2: I do feel like that of all the majors that we've had so far since we've had the, the interaction with all the players, Leaving towards live, I do feel like this is the best chance for a live player to win a major, and I, I get Cam, Cam Smith kind of was already committed last year when he won, but yet it wasn't official. So I do feel like that this is, if it does happen, it could definitely create a little bit more motion and commotion in the game of golf. So that'll be uh, pretty interesting to see. And I, I do feel like that this that we've talked a lot about the favorites, but this is a course that will, I think, open up. To some, to, to some more players for sure. I mean, some guy, a local guy we haven't talked about, man, Taylor Moore. I feel like this is a really good course uh, for him. I feel like that he's going to have a, a great chance to play well here this week. And and there are just an abundance of guys that are in the, basically the middle of this field that we hadn't even uh, hit on who could go out and have some good weeks. So it's uh, the it, it's the best field that we see. On, we're going to see uh, in two thousand twenty three uh, out of every single uh, tournament that is contested. So that's it's going to be absolutely. Great viewing, watching, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, who's able to tame Hill. because at least from what I've seen on TV, I know what he's played it, but it looks like an immaculate golf course right now.
0: I, I think on this PGA, the reason why I think we're so high on these live guys, it's just a matter of time before one of them wins a major. I, I don't think you can possibly keep a DJ, a Brooks Kepka, a Kim Smith. I don't, I don't think there's any way you can keep those guys from winning one at some point. Okay? So, if you look at this, this golf course sets up really good for all those guys. So, my thoughts are, why not go with them this week? Because I think they're due, and I think they're going to win. That's why well, what I'll do, I'll I went, went. To live.
3: I went with the face of the PGA Tour to win the Masters, and uh, that didn't really go well for me. He entered the biggest slump that I've ever seen a top player enter uh, right when I picked him to win at Augusta, talking about Rory McIlroy. It'll be interesting to see how he plays this week. So, Woody, hopefully, is not the kiss of death the opposite way for those live guys with all of us being really high on him, headed into Oak Hill. It's going to be really entertaining. We're going to have more episodes Probably later in the week to recap some of the action. Also, definitely go support the Oklahoma Sooners down at the NCAA Regional at Jimmy Austin. We'll do a little recap of that later in the week as well. Luke Aberg obviously playing for Texas Tech. Uh, trying to get the Red Raiders into the national championship at Greyhawk. We'll have a lot to get into with that throughout the week as well. Thank you all for listening throughout last week at Live Tulsa. Now we're headed into major championship week. I am going Brooks Kepka to win the PGA. T Dub, who is your winner one more time? Cameron Young. Yeah. And Woody is going with Brooks Kepka as well. So two out of the three of us have the same pick out at Oak Hill. Definitely go make sure to hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free and it just helps us out and we'll give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode. And then also follow us on social media at the 73rd Hole on Twitter and at 73rd Hole on Instagram. And I am at Sam Humphreys34T Dub, give your Twitter handle. You've been putting out awesome stuff recently.
2: Uh, Twitter is T underscore Williams101 and Instagram is T Williams underscore
3: 10th. There you go. And definitely go to GolfOklahoma.org to see how all of the regionals shaped out. Big ups to Austin Eckroth, right there on the front page as well on GolfOklahoma.org. It's time for us to get out of here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd hole podcast. We'll be back later in the week talking PGA Championship Thank you to Woody. Thank you to T-Dub. This has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.